0: Hello beautiful listeners, my name is Shanze Reza and I'll be your host today. Welcome to this episode of Recognizing Refugees on CMT. Today on CMT we have guests Shreen and Mohammed, who are also my dear friends from high school and have willingly joined me to speak on being a refugee and what went down after coming to Canada because we all should know that the journey does not stop once they just land. So, before we bring on the guests, I wanted to uh, share the definition of what a refugee is. Uh, that is, a person who has been forced to leave their country in order to escape war, persecution, or natural disaster. Or, a refugee, generally speaking, is a displaced person who has crossed national boundaries and cannot or is unwilling to return home due to a well-founded fear of persecution. Okay, since that is all of the way and clear as to what a refugee is, let's bring on the former refugees to my show. So, Shireen Mohammed, how are you guys doing today? We're
1: good. Yeah, we're good. How is you? Uh, me
0: is doing all right. Doing all right. Thank you so much for doing this and sharing a little bit of insight at what your journey is. It is a very I don't want to say sensitive issue, but an important and political topic, because I feel like people don't have the right ideas what a refugee is, and there are stereotypes that go down. And some people are actually led to believe that refugees never once had an established good life or a lifestyle, and they were always um, struggling. But the truth is that people came into their country, ruined their lives, and that is why they are needing to take the steps that they are taking right now and trying to find a better life and home for themselves. So thank you so much for doing this and sharing something really personal. Thank you for listening. Of course. Okay, so uh, I wanted to ask first, just to give a little bit of an idea for my listeners, when the two of you came to Canada and when did you guys receive your PR?
1: Okay, I think first, so when I came to Canada, it was in 2016 in October. And I immediately got my PR because I came through the United Nations organization. You've heard about it. So, yeah, so through that, you get
2: your PR directly. Uh, But for Mohammed, it might be different. Yeah, so I went to the U.S. And then I crossed the borders um, on July 8, 2017. Precisely, it was a Thursday, 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, And after I got my PR,
0: Okay, so would you guys say that you can call Canada your home? Is it a place of comfort, or is it something that you're just residing in until you can find another place that you can call home?
1: Okay, I, I can go first. But uh, to me, I can define home by safety. To me, like home is where safety is. So Canada is 100% my home, because when I came here, I was fully provided with safety, I was provided with comfort, and I was welcomed, that's, 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 important, that I felt welcomed, I felt like I, um, I belong to this country, although I've never been here, I've only heard about Canada from so
2: 100%. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with this. I define home as somewhere where I feel welcomed and safe and Saudi Arabia because I've like, lived there for 13 years and I never lived in Syria so like obviously it's my home it's like I don't really feel safe there as well um, so yeah I definitely this is my home
0: yeah it's so important to know that where you are is a place of comfort and what, like you mentioned sharing safety I love that that's a priority for you and that's what you can define and base off what home is, is safety I like that would you say with the recent incident with a family that you guys must have heard of, um, obviously Canada is doing everything that they can and uh, Trudeau has also come out apologizing. How authentic did you feel like that apology was and how did you, do you feel like Canada is upholding everything that they hide themselves to be as and what they tell themselves that, that they are a country of safety and and they pride themselves, and they bring refugees in. do You guys feel like that's a quality that that they have upheld, or do you feel like it's somewhat falling apart? Um, I just, as much as this
2: statement is true about like kind of um like diversity stuff and everything, uh, I just think that they also use this as um, like cover to not actually identify the issues that they have in their systems, which is like. Islamophobia, xenophobia in all all sorts of ways, like the stop Asian hate movement. Canada has a lot of, has systemic racism, but we like to look at the US and be like, oh, like, they have it, but we don't. But we have it as much as they do. And I just think using the, using the the argument of, like, oh, like, we're so, like, diverse and everything, it's just, like, a way to cover all the atrocities that committed in its past
0: and the present. Took the words right Uh, out of my mouth, yeah. Yeah, I think we
2: did. Talk
1: about diversity by neglecting the dark history of us uh, past to students, people, the black slavery, um, everything else. So yes, like politically speaking, Canada has not done what it's supposed to do. But uh, in terms of like, uh, like the Canadians, the population, the people, uh, the geographic area, and everything else. Yeah, I mean that's that's a very safe and perfect and everything. But literally speaking, there are issues in the system, mm-hmm. in the system of the Canadian system that we still need to address, and we still need to um, improve on. You know. Yeah.
0: 100. Yeah, I like that you grouped it into two categories and how there is like the social aspect, and then there's more. Um, political uh perspective of things and like politics will always be a very iffy topic because politics that's what it is it's how you deal uh, with people and emotions and mentally and and yeah definitely there is that social and moral uh, aspect and then there's that more government uh behind the scenes political aspect i like that you mentioned so mental health issues are common among refugees regardless of gender and or age Anxiety, depression, and PTSD are common mental health issues that are dealt with by anyone who might have walked what you two have. What has your mental health looked like since your arrival in the country? Oh
2: my god, we're gonna duck duck. Yeah, we are. Mohamed, <laughs> well, Mohamed, well, do you want to go first I... I just think that I've had mental health issues before coming here, and coming here may have made it worse in the beginning. Uh, because I was just like very isolated, like all my cousins from like in Syria, like, like post, like meeting up and everything, like I speak with them all the time when I go visit, just like seeing that, like seeing them living their lives, like uh, not living their lives, like being together and like being there for each other and I'm just like here alone and I know I'm not going to see them for the next five years, because that's how I, that's when I get my citizenship. Um, it's just, like, it felt very isolated. Yeah, I honestly, though, like I like Canada and the aspect of like um, acknowledging that people have mental health issues and you can give them support for it. And now that's what I'm doing. It's like fixing myself. Okay, for me, I feel like no matter how little of a topic mental
1: health is to Canadians, it would still be a big thing for me. Because prior to coming to Canada, I didn't know what mental health was, um, we did not know, did not acknowledge these different uh, mental health, like depression, society, in PTSD, and and else. I did not know what that was until I came here, so for me, I have obviously like, had different uh, ways of dealing with it, but I was exposed to these. Uh, different illnesses, and then I, I, I would be able to identify which mental illness I had, and yes, I did have a few, more than three, yes, of course, but uh, as Mohammed said, uh, it's a very general topic here, um, and it's, it's very good that they address it and they take care of it, and they even, like, there are some organizations that
0: you do Lynn and the mental health that you do struggle with it's nice that there are resources and there are people who are educated and understanding and acknowledge that it is a thing it is mental health is very real uh, the struggles are very real it's not phys- it can't, you can't physically see it but it's there It's people are dealing with it people are struggling with it and it's nice that even though that is something that is a current you guys had to deal with and you have those resources and you have the social service yeah
1: just one thing talk about them within your circle, you know, like, within the people that you meet. Like, even strangers on the bus, you can just, like, open up to them, right? Yeah. But back in the Middle East, that was impossible, you know? But here is just, like, even the culture, like, of of discussing this topic. It's, it's beautiful because, you know, they accept who they to. They try to help as much as possible.
0: That's so true. Like, to even be able to have this conversation right now is a very blessed thing. It's, a very, it's an opportunity. To share your experience. So, next little prompt for you guys. This is a general one. I feel like I know what your answer is going to be, at least the tone of it. Um, it's pretty open-ended. Are you guys ready? Okay. So, what is your opinion, from any angle, of North American society? In what sense? But it's Any sense, any angle, any perspective. Because well, there's lots of good, but there's also bad. That should be recognized. But the good should also, like, deserve its, like, light, because there is good. And the, but the thing is that just because there's good, you should not recognize the bad and correct it.
1: I did this out, but I need a shot of
0: both right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this. Are we getting too real? Uh, no, no like,
1: I can write something out, but I'm not sure if that would make sense. Um, the American society. Um. Okay, so in terms of how in mind that they are i think i mentioned this previously but it's a bit terrifying for me um having to be able to discuss all these different topics about the um um this thing refugee crisis i feel like it's terrifying for me because it's good because i wasn't able to discuss them previously but now again it's just um you really like you're able like you're given a chance to express yourself and uh, to be as much expressive with no boundaries, no red, no red lines, nothing. But at the same time, because of how open-minded they are, like you know how the land, the the accident, the incident that happened in London a few days ago, you know that's still, like like that's still like too much, too much to think. Yep. So obviously, for me, as a Muslim, uh, like as an my identity uh, that I hold, I really like I don't feel I don't feel like... Uh, I don't know how
0: to put this together in a way, but I don't feel That's like
1: fine. That. Take your time, yeah. But, uh, you know, I would rather be right now in the Middle East, so I don't face that kind of incident, you know? So, it's still like, no matter how open-minded they get here, there's, there would still be, like, holes that you need to fix Yeah. something i can add on
2: it that. but uh, that's like the biggest thing yeah i'm gonna add on something that you said because like we both said that we feel safe here in war. Lebanon is facing an economic crisis. Um, all these countries, like, they have been disrupted because of, like, colonization. Like, obviously, colonization isn't the only reason why, but it is a huge thing. And if we were, like, if, if we had the capacity of, like, actually social progressing, I would probably still be in there. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Um, also, to add on that, uh, I know how
1: we mentioned we were safe. here, when you come here, you have to identify, you have the Muslim identity, you have the Syrian identity, and of course the refugees, all of that. All of that. So yes, in terms of being a Syrian refugee, I do feel safe, like politically safe, I express myself, my opinions, everything, but uh, in, in terms of my like, religion, no, I do not feel safe. I don't feel safe walking around, I don't feel safe um, talking to me. Like, people being approached by someone. none of that. Uh, I mean, we can also touch on the academic sense of it. Uh, yes, high schools are amazing in universities as well, the uh, academic uh, environment, curriculum. Maybe the, the curriculum has like different, you know, like calls as well in the history and all of that. But in terms of like, the, in terms of architecture or policy, I still enjoy that because I'm able to myself that there are no boundaries that are set for me, and I still do like, think outside of the box. Uh, meanwhile, if I'm in Syria, I am not able to do that because there are no resources for
0: me to do that. Yeah, of course. Uh, well said. And I, uh, to add on to your point, Shireen, about how the fear of being so open-minded is scary because, like you said, you never had an opportunity to exercise those Um, uh, conversations or those beliefs or those ideologies so when someone brings that up to you in a play and you're just like um i don't know if i should stab my fork in that because you don't you didn't get the opportunity to um explore those ideas or what perspective or how you feel about certain topics and all and uh what you said uh muhammad about how the fact that yeah you do feel uh, accepted and safe and comfortable in this land But you didn't have to be in this land if it wasn't for this land disturbing your lifestyle, this land that bombed your country, this land that walked into your uh, country and started pointing fingers at you and and how you're the unsafe one and how you're the enemy. And now what are we doing? We're sitting in their very land. So it's very difficult to feel so strongly in one way because you don't know how to feel strong. of course, I agree as well. Um, my fam- my parents being immigrants and all, I wasn't a refugee, but I feel completely the same on what you said, how my country can't evolve, can't grow because of the constant threats and the constant um, enemies that we have surrounding us trying to destroy Pakistan. Not They don't want us to evolve. They don't want us to grow as an economy, as socially or um, – and. Yeah, there's just a lot I can say on that because it's such a—it can be a really deep dive conversation. But yeah.
1: Yeah. As you said, say mm-hmm. we're not really provided with the resources to think like that. Of uh, and I really wanted to touch on that because when I was back in Syria, I—I cannot tell you how corrupt the system was. But we literally had no libraries, like no libraries at all internet we did not have internet until uh, I don't know two thousand nine, and you have to like pay a lot. Like only the people from the middle class and higher can afford that, and uh, you just have no access to any kind of resources to educate yourself. Like they just want you to be like, in this kind of brainwashing thing that they do for you. um the, the party that you need to associate with once you literally in middle school or maybe like elementary school. so yeah, like the club like it is very, very corrupt, but here it's different because you are the
0: Can know as much information as you wish because the internet is at, at your fingertips so like if you want to know something and if you don't like you can stay in ignorance but if you want to educate yourself you can and if you want to know the truth you can so it's really it's sometimes scary as you said like like the open-mindedness and the vast, like the variety of information that is provided and like how it's being pumped out constantly and something is coming out and there's a new um discovery and there's a new um virus and there's something like just in, in all areas it's cool i appreciate I, I am i feel really blessed but it is scary well, how fast like the information is being being pumped out so while we're on the topic of like what we appreciate and what like can be improved on? What's something about Canada or North American culture, society, practices, uh, something that you appreciate, you admire, um, and something that you want to see improved in the future? Go
1: ahead. I don't think, can we get like yeah. political Why not? Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, so something that we can, something I appreciate is how expressive I can get. And how like, I'm able to my I get my and right now, like I can walk, I can, mock, I can I criticize and all of that, um, but something I want to go on is our system. Like, you know how the Canadian system is still like, it's, it's not as corrupt as, you know, like other countries, but, you know, the country is in on <laughs> going out and here on giving with these statements, but he never actually does anything about them, you know? Yeah. Uh, like until this day, there there's no clean water that it's just that he's just being you know, accessed you know, and he keeps on providing the reports all of that. Um, but meanwhile when, when they found the belongings the that
0: with Shireen. She is a returning guest. It was on culture shock. But um, because being a refugee or moving in any way, whoever you are, if an immigrant or if you're traveling, if you're visiting, there is culture shock that is faced. Um, so I wanted to know a little bit about yours, Mohammed and Shireen, you could definitely add on as well. I know you shared a lot of insights in the previous episode. Um, things that shocked you, either um, things that, like, you um, the way people speak, the people's mannerisms, the the food, uh, any angle, really?
2: Uh, definitely topics. Like, I, I found that... Uh, like people
0: say is a common held misconception about people either from your culture either from as being a refugee either being muslim anything in that area
1: okay i can go first but for me when when someone used to refer to me as a refugee i would be offended because you know what's your terminology what's, what's the definition of it uh, so for them, like, refugee is this person who's lost their home, who are, like, uneducated, uh, coming from this, like, not the middle class, but lower. Uh, they have no money, nothing, no education whatsoever. Um, but for me, like, now when I came to Canada, like, everything has changed. Like, even the terminology, I became, like, proud of it, you know, because this is my identity. Why, why should I hide it? And to improve on it, I started to take these steps forward like, to educate myself, learn the language. Like now I feel like so proud of myself that i like, like I've come to this level of education, this level of fulfillment. Like now I like, think I have a job, I'm educated, learning the language in university, I would want to so you know, like refugees don't like if they're given the resources, they can do a lot more than anyone else, mm-hmm. you know? We're not lacking any of what, you, like, of what you have. We have we have everything. We have the brains. We have the money. We have everything. We just need the resources. Yeah. You know. But uh, even in Europe, a lot of refugees are still facing this discrimination uh, in terms of education, in terms of money, everything
0: else. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the question? Um, yeah. Sorry. Any misconception that you in think... Misconceptions, you, yeah.
2: yeah. I think the fact that we can't like people think of Arabs and like oh like Arabs but like we can be like so like we can be educated for example we can be working in all sorts of like people think that we're just like narrow minded and like this and that and I just think there's my like, and like all these um, stereotypes that we put into by the like I hate labels. I hate like labeling a certain group because like you act like this and i just think it's very um yeah it's just, like very are of them calling us you know like we can we are capable of doing so many things and being our authentic selves and we, yeah it's just like we just need the resources to do it like, just because we don't have to
0: Kind of off-topic, kind of related, and that is, I was just curious, do you guys feel like you're losing your native tongue or accent?
2: No, because I I was at some point, but then I started joining groups of, like, Arabs who are, like, actually, like, open-minded Arabs, like, like I was there, I can, like, actually talk to them, like, you know, be expressive of. but like I didn't because I'm surrounding myself with people that I can just like talk Arabically. Okay, for me, yeah. it's a bit different for me because when I came
1: here, I tried as much as possible to surround myself with only people who speak English, so I can benefit from them. So for me, yes, I started to lose it slowly, but then I think I, I it goes both ways because I started to lose from Arabic and English too and French as one. Well. So um, for me, like I tried to fix that, I, as Mohammed said, joining these air groups and meeting a lot of air people as well here, and also like here, like in my family, we, we try as much as possible to only speak Arabic. Uh, but within ourselves, like with my like siblings and stuff, we, we mix we mix a lot um, different dialects, different languages as well. Um, so yes, I might be losing a little bit.
0: media actually Muhammad, because I wanted to ask um going back to a little bit of the culture shock point that I brought up do you feel like media and tv and movies and watching that kind of did that help you adjust and, and go into like mentally prepare what can come out of coming into Canada did that help at all or was it completely different was it not what you were expecting
2: um like exaggerated and like the top that when they came I was like it's not that exciting (laughs) (laughs) like like high school for example like I didn't get a prom but I always wanted prom and everyone that tells me about prom they're like oh like it's so boring you don't know so it's like I still wanted to experience that because of Hollywood so it definitely messed up things in my head of how like I perceive things Mm. and then I
0: The representation we see in media uh, being arab or muslim or well, being uh, sorry my bad um so because of that media that we consume we often think and move according to that because it's also information that we like to process and it, as much as we like to push it out and not it is there in our subconscious and how we may think or perceive certain people, society, um, practices, and so on. So do you feel like some people have, like what were some of the encounters uh, regarding racism or stereotypes been towards you guys? Has it been more minor on the scale or has there been some incidents that were kind of like taken, like you were taken by a moment and you're like, hold up. Was that racism? Did I just experience some racism? Um,
1: for me, I think it was a lot more common in Egypt. Uh,
0: this
1: might be controversial, but I really love Egypt. I love it so much, I'm going back. But uh, for me, because it's so easy to, to distinguish between an Egyptian and a Syrian, it was just so easy for me to oh. face racism. Um, mm-hmm. On a minor scale, on a major scale, both. Um, I feel like even like when I went to these government institutions they would like tell you oh you're a refugee like it would tell you on the, on the ID that you gave you when you enter the country oh you're a refugee you face that kind of treatment you know like you're treated differently just because you are a refugee or Syrian um, they would treat you like they would dehumanize you in, in like in so many ways just because you are a refugee but so when I came here I think I struggled with both identities, like as a Syrian and as a Muslim too. Like yes, in the street, I have been called out previously here, but I don't think like, it's not something they, even, like, discuss, like they would just insult you and leave, uh, which is very common here to all of us Muslims. But also uh, as a Syrian, when, like, as, as I mentioned previously, I didn't feel welcome in the school just because I didn't speak the language.
2: And uh, once I picked up on the language, it was just so much easier. Yeah, I definitely relate to what you was saying. It's like, I faced all racism and Saudi Arabia from Saudis themselves. You know, it's like calling like, oh, like, you foreigner or like, you Syrian. You know, it's like, they always like make those like, um, like distinctions. And it's also a be of controversial, but I think Saudi Arabia is like a low-key apartheid. I'd say at this point, the way they segregate like it's, not like, an act, like, it's not like, for example, like, Israel, like, how itchy, like, Palestinians, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that, but it's, like, very in the sense that you don't actually see it, but it happens. Oh, like, good. in the workplace, it's very subtle, like, wage gaps. Um, it's, like, all those sorts of things. Um, they are like, treated very differently. And, um, yes, yeah, so, like, when I came here, I honestly, like, I saw more racism. Like, I we witnessed more racism in the U.S. than any here. Um, but obviously like, I would be different the because like, I'm, like, I'm not physically Muslim. <laughs> so I wouldn't, like, get called out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, But with, like, the only thing that I didn't like was, like, the microaggressions as, like, being Syrian and, like, refugee. I just found that there are a lot of microaggressions like, in, like, always, like, normal conversations that I have with my friends. And I just think, like, education is you know, key like actually educating them on like, what's actually being like a syrian like a refugee like that would that would help a lot and like the the, the stereotypes that they see on tv and you know not actually like, talk to real refugees but, like understand what their comments are
0: i agree yeah education is a big thing and i agree with like Saudi Arabia, there is that different treatment uh, set in place, and no one yes. seems to be bringing that up. It's not an issue for some reason, or I guess the voice isn't large enough. The people that are um, complaining about it, it's just not reaching the, the people uh, where it's a much of a concern, unfortunately. Um, but yes, that is a, a big issue. Yeah,
1: uh, as you stated previously, like it's not so easy for us to discuss racism back, and I'm not trying to like. The middle, east, the middle East, like a like, you know like a bad thing of course. but really like you, you're not able to discuss your system that's why there's not much spotlight
0: on it yeah that's true that when it's not a topic of discussion that's when it kind of takes over more and that's why um, certain behaviors are and attitudes are um, kind of practiced is because it's not seen as or looked down upon but it's almost looked at as Almost, it's not even a thought, to second thought. It's just done. It, they don't really think about it as something as such as racism or something that is that can be hurtful, but it's just something that has been said, always said. So they continue to say it, unfortunately, because of that lack of education and awareness.
2: And obviously, I'm not speaking for all refugees and all Syrians in this country. I'm just speaking for myself. Of course. Like I, yeah, yeah.
0: This is a very individual experience, um, but that's yeah. why I also brought in two uh, individuals one being girl and one being female and male, just to give a little bit more perspective and a little bit more um, of a wider vision. Okay, so, so identity is a big part of like uh, who you are as a person, how you move your values and everything. So, how have you guys established or come to find who you are as a person, what you identify as, what what is something you pride w- with being? Uh, Canadian is that part of your identity is that something that you strongly identify with being serene is that something you like to carry part of your character in your day-to-day life what is there anything that you like to not share um to the common person like a little bit about of identity and just um what you proudly represent yourself as and who you are uh is is being a refugee something or a former refugee something you like to um share with people your story or is that something you like to keep a little bit more in the low light
2: um well there's a lot of questions like i'll just answer yeah so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> um like i i could say for like when i for example go to Africa, i could be like hey like i'm Syrian canadian you know because like i like the, i like this Syrian identity that i have and i also like i also feel that as we previously said this country is my home so i would identify as as Canadian, like identity is just like a very dense topic. So like, there are certain aspects of me identifying as Canadian that I don't like. That's why whenever like I talk about being Canadian, I'm like hey, like listen, I'm a settler on this land. Bill. Like I'm not like, priding myself on, like being a Canadian. Like yeah. you know, like all all that stuff. I just feel like acknowledging that aspect of my identity is important. And yeah, it's like. Other parts of my identity are just as valid, and I may not want to share them because I don't want to, but it doesn't make them less real. I like that. Yeah. For me, I um, I think I struggle a lot
0: with, uh, with this figuring out my
2: identity
1: thing because, like, yeah, yeah, I'm a here in Canada, CIA. but I had this conversation with one of my friends a few days ago, and I was just crying my eyes out.
0: you mentioned Muhammad, it, is, it very it is a dense topic and it's um there's always going to be like you're always going to be redefining who you are understanding the different parts of you you're going to always change a little bit who you are you're going to be a little bit more proud of something a little bit you're going to move away a little bit from one trait a bit of yours you're going to adopt certain things and that's how your identity is always evolving and um ever-changing and sometimes you can feel like you have an identity crisis because of so many things that happen in your life and you don't know who you are, why you are and they even bring this up it may be related but being a refugee and being taken away from your land can sometimes is in itself an identity and to be not to not be able to track uh, where you are from the the tongue or the lifestyle it's not a choice that you guys got to make taken away from you that part of your identity that you could have immersed yourself in was is now a Canadian lifestyle um, I want to ask here do you guys ever feel like you have a split identity or do you guys well balance both of those like the Syrian identity and then the Canadian settler um, do you is that something that you guys have well managed or is it you're figuring it out you
2: selling split identity with my Canadian and Syrian. correct yeah okay Things just like one joint one, as people have said um, it's like, Yeah, it's like because I have so many like parts of my identity, like some, some are split, but like this particular one is like a joint one, like I don't have to like separate them. Um, yeah, it's like I'm proud of being a refugee who's from Syria and living here.
1: So cool, yeah. I love that. And I as I, I said I take the good aspect of both identities and I can find them. Uh, that's how I usually go by it. But even though I'm still in a constant state of change and evolving in my life, um, I still, like like two days ago, I was like, no, I don't want to go by serial anymore. I just, I'll just be Canadian, plain Canadian.
0: Last question for you guys, and I don't expect that this is an answer that's going to remain the same, so you guys don't have to overthink it, but I was just curious about where you guys see your future, and if it is in Canada, do you conti- plan to continue to reside here, is there any, do you want to go to the U.S., do you want to go someplace else, do you want, if Syria um, gets better and um, the economics get better and the government and everything um, gets stable, is is a place where you would like to go back and maybe reside and settle or any place else?
2: Personally, I would not go back to the Middle East because like, it needs a lot of work socially. So um, I am not capable of like actually going through that experience again. Yeah. It's uh, yes, yeah, like, in terms of like staying here, honestly, I was just, like having a life crisis a couple days ago. But, so, I'm like, do I want to stay here? Like, not really. Do I want to go to the U.S.? No. <laughs> maybe Europe. Maybe New Zealand. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, it's like, I I do want to live somewhere where it's, like, not really capitalistic, but also has some sort of, like, a lifestyle that I can, like, appreciate and, like, live, happy.
0: It does, absolutely, yeah.
2: yeah. Mohammed's answer
1: but it made me feel like
2: every spot on this earth is corrupt, we just can't
0: do anything about it. It, it, it is really is, guys. It really matter. is. is. There's no
2: way out of capitalism. On some
0: level, yes. there is, a, the, all governments are corrupt, and like that's an episode for another topic, because like, we can get yes. into that, but I agree with you. Okay, um, for me, my answer I'm
1: not staying clear, I know that my education and I don't know where I'm leaving. Uh, maybe, maybe the Gulf area, like like it's a stable area, but also it's not as progressive as the Love time Like because I experienced both, I feel like the Love time is much better for me. Um, it's very progressive, although it's very corrupt, but <laughs> the Gulf is still stable. And then there's the no- North African areas, the regions there, I still, like, identify, like, you know, like, I feel like I'm more Egyptian
0: than Syrian mm-hmm. because I grew up there. So I feel like Egypt is the, uh, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know one thing that I'm not... Um, were there any questions for me or comments, other comments you'd like to bring up, any concerns that regarding refugees and, like, the unspoken topic it is, like, you'd like to bring to light or anything else you'd like to add to this conversation?
2: I just to say it's, like... Refugee is not just like, and I, it's not just like one thing, it's so, like it could be like, and intru- like the whole point of like intersectionality, like having more than one identity, like that's that's the thing about being a refugee, like that's I like, think like, that's the closing, you know? Um, coming from like different places and like having like all these like different identities, including being a refugee, is like full whole experience, um.
0: I don't recommend, but like, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I don't recommend, in the meanwhile. but I will say that, yeah, it's a journey that you're able to look at like the positives in it, because there are positives yeah. that you can take from it. They're all learning experiences. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a good adventure, I would say. Um, at the same time,
1: I want to I wanna say that, you know, like not all, any refugee, any refugee in the world, like give them a shot, you know, if you have a refugee in your, in your neighbor that you haven't met or talked to or spoken to, go. like, Go to them um, try to communicate with them, you know, like understand how how they feel, where they came from and all of that. Because, you know, we're more than just refugees. We're still like bright people with bright minds, And when we're given the resources, as I mentioned previously, we can do a lot more than anyone else.
0: In the world. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That was a really insightful conversation. It was really cool getting to know two of my dearest friends on a different level. On And I really appreciate the time that you guys took out um, to talk to me about something that is very personal, but maybe can resonate with a few of my listeners. So I really appreciate the time you took out to speak on this topic. Of
1: course. Right. Thank you so much. something. Yeah, I think that's open
0: up. That's a huge thing. Well, thank you for being here. I should be thanking you guys. This is like, I'll always be a listening ear, but it's the people that are willing to make the conversation progress. And that's you guys today. So thank you for that. And of course, everybody's experiences uh, will differ from each other. I'm not trying to put this out as like this is one perspective and this is um, all there is. But I'm trying to start a conversation. So for my listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And until next time.